And in the name of Jesus, tonight we thank you and praise you for this opportunity you have given to us to preach the word of the living God. Holy Spirit, we pray that tonight you will reveal this word to each and every one who is listening. That they may receive what the Lord has for this church, for this hour, in this season. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. Hallelujah. In the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 1, it starts with, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Now, Paul said, to write the same thing unto you. I can use the word rejoice and say that's what Paul is talking about. Because there is ten verses in this four chapter book that contains multiple uses of the word rejoice. Example, chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now, from last night, we learned that the word rejoice in modern language is really to celebrate. So, when we see Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, Finally, my brethren, celebrate in the Lord. And then Philippians 4, 4, celebrate in the Lord always. And again, I say, celebrate. Now, for Paul to mention this word just these three times in a short span tells us this is an important concept. The believers are to rejoice. We are to celebrate Jesus. If it was mentioned once, it's important. If it's mentioned twice, it's doubly important. If it's mentioned thrice, it's triply important. And if it's mentioned ten times in four chapters, it is extremely important. The church is to be a house of celebration, the believers are to celebrate in the Lord. Are we together on this? Now, tonight we're going to be looking at the concept of celebrate a little bit from the Gospels. Follow with me to the book of Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus starts by being in the house. The men removed the roof. They lowered their friend through the ceiling. Jesus forgave his sins. And then he said what? Rise, take up your bed and walk. You can say that what was reason enough to celebrate right there. I mean, this man who was a sinner, is now forgiven. This man, 
who once could not walk, now can get up off of his bed and begin to walk freely all over the place. From there, Jesus goes to the receipt of customs, there known as the tax office, and there he sees one Levi doing his job. What happens? Jesus passes by Levi and says two words, follow me. What happens? Levi, who became Matthew, immediately leaves his tax office and he begins to follow Jesus. This is where I want to pick up chapter 5. And let's start with verse 29. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. What's a feast? A feast in the days of Jesus would be a place where a celebration is taking place. Levi, known as Matthew to us, he is holding a celebration for Jesus. Why is Matthew holding a celebration for Jesus? He's holding a celebration because Jesus came to him and said, Come, follow me. That's a reason to celebrate. So here is Matthew. He is throwing this big celebration, this feast for Jesus. And let's not pretend that this was some formal occasion. This was a true, full-blown celebration. Now, what do we see next? In the middle of this celebration... But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Now, Holy Spirit dealt with me on one thing. Because you always look at publican and sinners, and you consider everyone in the room to be, well, a sinner, because the word sinner is used. But who used the word sinner? Was it Jesus or was it the Pharisees? It was the Pharisees, the critics of Jesus. You see, the critics, they don't want us, the believers, to celebrate. They want us to be reserved and stuffy like they are. Well, guess what? We're not them. We have something inside of us that makes us want to shout and celebrate. Now, what did the Holy Ghost bring to my attention? Once Matthew got up and followed Jesus, is he a sinner any longer? I'm going to say what the Spirit told me. No, he's not a sinner. Matthew left his sin position when he got up and he began to follow Jesus. Those in that room who are being criticized for being publicans and sinners, a great number of them now follow Jesus. 
are they sinners from this point forward? When Matthew got up and followed Jesus, he's no longer who he was. He's no longer the dirty, rotten, tax-collecting sinner. He is a follower of Jesus. He is saved. The enemy will always want you to remember who you were because they don't want to see the believers celebrate in the Lord. They want to shut us up. But we need to remember who we are. We are believers in Jesus. And because we now follow Jesus. Because Jesus has taken care of all of our sins and they are gone. We have every reason to celebrate. Are we together? Let's read the next verse. Are we still here? Verse 31. Jesus answered, said unto them, that They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And what was happening in that room? The ones who were called to repentance We're celebrating Jesus. We should celebrate a Jesus who does not ignore those who need his help. We should celebrate the fact that Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost. Are we still here? Believers in Jesus, we have a reason to celebrate. The reason Matthew celebrated was what? His sins were gone. The reason why Matthew was celebrating, I can now follow Jesus. This is more than just, oh, you're forgiven, go on your merry way. He is forgiven and he is given a new future A future that comes with following Jesus. The past is over. Now as a follower of Jesus, his present and his future are bright. That's a reason to celebrate. Are we still here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's move ahead a few pages. The book of Luke, chapter 7. Toward the end of this chapter, Jesus is invited, this time, to what is called a big dinner. He sat down at meat at a Pharisee named Simon's house. Now, unlike the party thrown by Matthew, the celebration there, this was one of those formal, stuffy occasions. Why? Because it's run by a Pharisee. Now, I'm going to defend the Pharisee a little bit here. He invited Jesus to the house. In the parable that Jesus will use, he talks about those who love little. That pretty much describes Simon, who is in the house, the Pharisee, loves little. Who is the one who loves much? In the midst of this formal dinner, where Jesus is being served. This woman with an alabaster box comes into the place 
And she begins to do the following. Let's start with chapter 7, verse 37. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. It is established here. She is a sinner. Are we together on that? Let's keep going. When she knew that Jesus said at me in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box full of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. So here is this woman. It is described at this point that she is a sinner. She immediately begins to do what? Use the oil or the perfume from this alabaster box, washed his feet with her tears, anointed his head and feet. Here we see a woman doing this for Jesus. Why? Why is this woman doing this for Jesus? Jesus in the parable, he um, tells you, basically establishes that this woman loves much. Why does she love much? Because she realizes what Jesus is going to do for her. That's why she is willing to celebrate the way she is. She is celebrating what Jesus is about to do. She has heard about how Jesus forgives sinners. And if there is one message those who are sinners need to hear, it is the message of forgiveness and repentance. Forgiveness that their past is gone, covered by the blood of the Lamb. Repentance that they can now live a new life in Christ. This woman, when she heard about Jesus, she had something she did not have before. She had hope. And when hope is present, that's a reason to celebrate. She went into that room with her alabaster box, the most expensive thing that she owns, with a very costly perfume, and anointed the feet of Jesus. Why? She loved much because the hope was great. The Pharisee in the room whom Jesus would deal with, he loves little because he shows little love. But the woman, that's the one I want to deal with here. She is showing this great love because of the hope that Jesus now offers her 
and she celebrates what Jesus is going to do for her. That's why when we read at the end of the chapter, in verse 48, your sins are forgiven. Verse 50, your faith have saved thee. Go in peace. What do we see here? A woman who believes in hope. The hope that Jesus will wipe out her sin debt. And she was celebrating even before this because she knew that Jesus was going to do this. And she is celebrating more when she walks out of the room. Why? Because Jesus did forgive her. Celebrating forgiveness, celebrating a hope that Jesus gives us, yes, we should. And this goes even beyond the hope of salvation right now. The hope of our sins being forgiven. A hope of a new life with Christ. It goes also to a hope of eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. An eternal life with Him. This gives us a reason to believe, a hope, a reason to celebrate, a reason to rejoice in the Lord. Are we still here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's keep moving here. Let's go to chapter 19. In Luke chapter 19, we see the account of one Zacchaeus. From what we can tell, this is Jesus' only visit to Jericho. Nowhere else in the Gospels do we see Jesus passing through Jericho. What has already happened outside the city? Blind Bartimaeus received his sight. Zacchaeus, though, He's a different case. Oh yeah, blind Bartimaeus might have been blind naturally. But prior to this point, you could say that Zacchaeus was just as blind spiritually. He is described as the worst sinner in Jericho. He is described as the one nobody thinks can be saved. The one that's unreachable. Even when he decides to go see Jesus, what happens? The crowd prevents him from getting close. They use Zacchaeus' height against him and they effectively block him out. So what does Zacchaeus do? He climbs the tree. And there he waits for Jesus just to get a glimpse at him. Yet what happens? Jesus goes to the tree where Zacchaeus is. He looks up in one of the more beautiful sentences that we see. Chapter 19, verse 5. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at your house. Think about this for a second. There's only one reason that Jesus went to Jericho. Think about this. 
I must abide at your house today. Jesus came to Jericho to stay with Zacchaeus in his house. This is a special house call on the part of Jesus to Zacchaeus. Think about this. This is not a case of Zacchaeus inviting Jesus to his house. This is a case of Jesus saying, I came here to come to your house. No wonder Zacchaeus ran out of that tree as fast as he could, went home and prepared the biggest party that they had in Jericho. Why? Jesus came to me. Jesus came to me specifically. The lowest, dirtiest, rottenest sinner in Jericho. Jesus came specifically for him. That's a reason to celebrate. Let me remind you of this though. Jesus came to each and every one of you. When the Spirit moved that day, when you accepted Jesus, Jesus, through the Spirit, was coming to you and He was saying the exact same thing. I must abide in you. Celebration time? Absolutely. Now, what happens next? Verse 6. And He made haste and came down and received Him joyfully, celebrating and when they saw it, they uh, murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Let me go back to what we said about Matthew. When Zacchaeus got out of the tree, when he went home and prepared for Jesus' arrival, was Jesus going to a house of one who is a sinner, or is he going to the house of one who was a sinner? Remember, it's Jesus who said, I must abide in your house today. Jesus was going to the house of one who was, not is, a sinner. Sometimes, People cannot see past or past. That's why we celebrate. That's why Matthew can celebrate. That's why the woman with the alabaster box could celebrate. That's why Zacchaeus could celebrate. What the Lord has done for him. Look at the change. Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. A complete and total change. What's the sign of true repentance and forgiveness? A change in life. And that's what happens here. 
And this is why Zacchaeus can celebrate. Verse 9, Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save those who are lost. And this is a reason to celebrate. One, this man is forgiven. Two, this man has repented. Three, this man will go and live an overcoming life for Jesus. A reason to celebrate? Absolutely. Are we still here? John chapter 12. In John chapter 11, Lazarus is raised from the dead. If there's ever a reason to hold a feast, it is to celebrate one who was raised from the dead. That is the initial reason why there is a feast in chapter 12, a celebration. Verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was with Uh, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. So here we have a celebration of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. If there is a reason to celebrate, that's it right there. But there is more to this than meets the eye. The next verse. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard. Very costly. This is separate, completely different from what is local, from what we saw in the Gospel of Luke. Are we together on this? The other was in the house of a Pharisee named Simon with a woman with an alabaster box. This is a woman named Mary in Lazarus and Martha's house with a spikenard of oil, costly ointment. She anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of his ointment. Now this time... The criticism does not come from those who are on the outside. It comes from Judas Iscariot, one who is on the inside. But Jesus described that he was really not of them. But this one Judas, what is he going to do? He's going to find fault in the celebration of Mary. Verse 5. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? He might as well have said, why wasn't this given to me? Because that's what Judas really meant. Verse 7. Let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always you have with you but you have me not always. This is right before 
the crucifixion. We saw what? Six days before the Passover. This is one of Jesus' last public appearances before the triumphal entry. And what was Mary doing? She was celebrating Jesus. I don't think she understood the spiritual significance, even when Jesus said that this was really for his death that was about to come. But this is still a celebration on the part of Mary. Why? Her sins, which were many, are now gone. And not just that. Remember the original reason. Lazarus being raised from the dead. Believers in Jesus, when we look at celebrations in the New Testament, they are usually thrown by those who have received from Jesus forgiveness of sins. And this is a reason for them to celebrate. One more example tonight. Back to the book of Luke. Chapter 14. Are we still here? Luke 14. We see a parable starting in verse 16. A certain man made a great supper and begged many. What do we call this? We call this a celebration. This is a type of what is going to be awaiting us in heaven when we are all there as a group of believers. When we go to heaven. I know we got a lot of terms on what's going to happen. Tonight, let's just stick to the word we've been using. A celebration of Jesus. When we arrive at that great supper, we will celebrate Jesus, celebrate the Father in ways we cannot even imagine. This is the biggest celebration that's going to happen in our lives. Let me keep going. And sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden or invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Verse 18. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I have to go and prove them. I pray you, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So what do we see? Many invited to this feast, to this celebration and they are finding excuses not to go to the celebration now we know this has a meaning for those in the time of Jesus 
Those who he was speaking to, the Israelites, they were rejecting him as Christ. But this has an application now. Because there are many who are hearing the gospel message. And they are saying, no, I don't want to go to that celebration. I don't want to go to where Jesus is being celebrated and worshipped. I'd rather do something else. And they will pay the price for that rejection. But it's what happens next I want to pay attention to. So that servant came and showed his master these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go up quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. So what do we see? Those who Jesus would later say are the least of these. They are now being invited to this celebration. This celebration of Jesus. All they have to do was what? Believe in Him and accept Him. And yes, they will be port. And many of them immediately accepted the invitation. In the time of Jesus, this is a hint of what, what's going to happen when the Gentile believers believed in Jesus for us. Those who hear the gospel message. We have heard the invite of Jesus to be a part of what he is doing. To be a part of his church. To be a part of the celebration that he is going to hold. The reason we can rejoice is because Jesus has sought us. He has looked for us. We have accepted his invite. He is now inside of us and we are now part of his celebration. Are we still here? Let's keep going. Verse 22. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you have commanded. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Let's hold there. Believers in Jesus. When we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we received forgiveness, we were invited to what Jesus is going to hold when he catches away all of us, the believers, as part of the church, to be with him. Yes, the celebration it's going to be grand and wonderful. John saw a hint of this in Revelation 4 and 5. We are going to see this in full-blown splendor. This is what awaits us to celebrate what the Lord has done and what will all of us have in common. We will have the same thing in common as Matthew and the woman with the alabaster box. We will have in common what Zacchaeus had, what Mary had, what all who accepted Jesus had. That we were once sinners, but we have been forgiven. That we 
have changed. And we now believe in Jesus. And when all of us who have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus gather together, it's going to be the greatest and grandest celebration of them all. Tonight, for those of us who are believers in Jesus, we have a reason to celebrate. But there are many who will hear this message. And at this point, they would be on the outside looking in. Jesus, tonight, He has come specifically for you. He has come specifically so you can receive forgiveness of sins. So your life will be changed. So you will be a part of what Jesus is doing through all eternity. You see, Jesus, He wants you to be a part of His celebration. The celebration that will take place when we are forever with the Lord. Tonight, the choice is yours. The Spirit is dealing with you. The Spirit is saying, come. Jesus has invited you. Come and be part of what Jesus is doing. When you do, you will be part of the greatest celebration that's ever going to be. When those who have been forgiven by Jesus, when those who have repented and changed and are now caught up to be with the Lord, will all be together. Saying what? Blessing and glory and honor and power. Be to our Jesus. Tonight, believers in Jesus. Those who are about to become believers in Jesus. We have a reason to celebrate now. But we also have a reason to celebrate through all eternity. Tonight, let us believe in the Lord. And let the celebration begin. Let's stand across the church tonight. Lift your hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah.